Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So the other day I was tempted to get upset about something. How many have ever been tempted to get upset about something? (laughs) And we can turn to Matthew chapter 16 if you want while we're looking at this. While I'm sharing this story. Anyway, so I was tempted to get upset. And I just went into my office. And I was sitting there. And I had many things to do. How many of you have ever noticed this? You can have a lot to do. And something will come up. And if it makes you upset, it's like you can't get through what you need to get through. But see, the reality is in Christ, I can get through it. Because Paul, remember Paul wrote Revelation in prison. How many think Paul was tempted to be worried if this was the day his head would be taken off. I mean, it's not like he was in, you know, a prison of a fair society. <laughs> you know, really, who, anywhere on the earth, how is that, you know? I mean, they're not, the Romans were known, you, you submit or else, depending on who the dictator was at that time, you know what I mean? And so, uh, in the midst of that, though, Paul understood, had such an understanding of who was in him that he could... Uh, sit and focus on what God had for him and was able to write revelation from heaven to help others while he was in distress. Now, that's some strength. And so I I remember uh, just this last week, I'm sitting there and just nothing from the outside. And I I didn't even get an answer to the problem. But just on the inside of me, peace just started to rise up. And it was the peace that passed because I didn't have an answer to the situation. I just knew it'll be okay. And I was able to just let it go. Rest. How many know stress will make you sick? (laughs) My grandpa one time, I was talking, he lived to be 91. And uh, in this earth, he's still alive. But he... he, uh, He's, he, we were talking about healing and, and stuff like that. And he didn't see everything I did, you know, as far as divine healing and stuff like that. But he loved the Lord very much. And the Lord had provided for him all his life. And he showed a great level of faith for what he knew. Amen? And there, I learned so much from him. And uh, as, as we were uh, talking about different things of the Lord, because I was going to Bible college and my grandpa... You know, he wanted to go into the ministry, but he never did, you know, like as a pastor, but really loved the Lord and served the Lord all his life um, in various ways. Um, ended up being in, in, in a youth ministry type way uh, for his whole life. And, um, and he was sharing with me and he said, he said to me, I asked him and we were talking about uh, healing and things like that. And he said, you know, he said, what I've found is if I don't worry, I stay healthy. I thought, that's good. Now, you're talking about a guy who, and this is the influence you have. You guys will understand this. But he was the guy who, when we'd go to work and he'd have a cold. And it'd be gone by the end of the day or the next day because he'd sweat it out. Come on, how many are familiar with this? You know, it's not like I need 50 days to take care. He would go and trim trees and be, you know, have all these things. And he'd say to me, I said, Grandpa, you know, he'd say, oh, it's good for me. I need to sweat it out. The sun's good for me. And he would just kind of, you know, push through. And, um, And that's how he was, just tough, you know. 
I mean, sheer leather. You know, by the time he died, he's like leather. He's just walking leather, you know. <laughs> We're in Montana. You understand that, right? It's like the sun. <laughs> but understood the, the, the value of just living in peace. And we need to live there. Not because of our circumstances. Because of who's in us. Well, the government's going to take over the world. So? I don't care if they do. Now, here's the thing. And I know, I, I know we're praying for our leadership and all of those things. We're believing God, of course. But guys, what if everything fell apart and nuclear fallout happened? I'm not saying it's gonna. I'm just saying, where's our peace? If I'm trying to get my wife to give me the level of peace that I need, I'm out of faith. And into sin now. Because I've abandoned my master and my Lord. Amen? So, I'm going to say this again. Turn the news off. Turn it off. (laughs) You know, I've heard people say, well, I I just can't look at some of this stuff because it makes me mad. Your blood pressure is going up. (laughs) just trust in the Lord. Submit to Him. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Amen? Besides that, for those of us who believe in our authority and use our authority in Christ, we know that that authority works best from a place of peace, not from a place of unrest. And fear and stress. It it has to function from faith. And you can rest in that. Amen? And so can I. Praise God for that. Amen? Well, you're probably in Matthew 16, so I'm going to read my opening here and we're going to go into this. The title of the new series here, because we're in the resurrection season, is What Shall a Man Give to Buy Back His Life? So, um, As you can tell by the title, we are going to be focusing on the harvest of lost souls that are all around us every day here in Billings and wherever you're joining us from online or wherever you may go and travel. This is a subject that can get lost at times in the church world. How many have noticed that? How many have noticed this? And I've said this before, but we need to say it again. It's the great commission, not the great suggestion. Okay? So I want to stir us up again to praying for and sharing with our family, friends, neighbors, and co-workers concerning their eternity. I am believing, God, that we will have our hearts stirred with compassion and boldness, that our eyes will be open to see the lost the way that the Lord does. Amen? So usually when you get into these type of messages, you'll have two responses. Well, maybe three, but I'm going to go with the two main ones. The first one is total trepidation and fear because you think you're going to have to walk up to somebody on the street and read a track to them or hand a track to them or, you know, say, hi, Jesus loves you. You know, some people, this is just a reality. They almost pass out when that happens. Right? Say this with me. Say, I will hook up in faith with the message. (laughs) Now, I youth pastored for six years. And so I'm used to plowing concrete. I just don't prefer it. 
All right, the plow's already sharp. I'm looking for good ground here. All right? How many know the Lord will lead you exactly what's the best and where you're at in your faith? Amen? But how many know the Lord loves all those people right now that hate him? And if his love lives in me, then I love them. Amen? All right? So I want you to see this. I want you to be with me on this. So I'm going to go through a few things and uh, some quotes and then go through some scriptures. And my goal this morning basically is not to give you a breakdown of all the Greek and all of that stuff. My goal is that the Holy Spirit... Uh, will take the scriptures where you're at and reveal to you about the state of those around you that are lost and reveal, reveal to you uh, again, just remind you of how good God is because of what he pulled you out of. Amen? And, 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 and really uh, magnifying the cross of Christ and what Christ has done for us. You know, Paul talked about that. He said, I can't come with words of wisdom, man's wisdom. He said, what it does is it eliminates the power of the cross. And I don't want to do that, amen? And neither do you in your life. So, here's some quotes as you listen on soul winning. Tony Cook said this, so does Jesus threaten people to get them to come to him? I think it's more accurate to say that Jesus died and rose again to get people to come to him. However, he does love us too much not to tell us the truth. How many have noticed in our society today, truth is outlawed? So what level of power and boldness by the Holy Spirit do we need to speak it? You need it. I need it. We got to speak truth in love. So what does that mean? That is truth spoken from the understanding of the crucifixion. What level of love did God demonstrate in speaking truth all the way to his death, right? So we got we to keep that in mind. So if someone's house is on fire, people say, I've heard this before. Well, you need to hear it again. I need to hear it again. I love discipleship. I love the believers. But where are the lost? We have to plunder hell and populate where? Heaven. Have you noticed that God didn't leave the gospel message and the sharing of, of, of our faith to angels? People say, well, people have those kind of manifestations. Right, but the Great Commission was not given to angels. It was given to us. Amen. Who are you sitting next to on the airplane that's lost? Who are you working with that's lost? Who are you working around and who are your coworkers? Now listen to me very carefully. I grew I went to Bible college in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I worked in a call center. Do you know what the homosexuality the homosexual population in Tulsa is? It's very high. I worked with transgenders before it was popular. I'm not joking. I worked at a call center, and there were, at any given time, I was a supervisor there by the time I was done, but I was one of the floor supervisors and then a QA, and I worked with people that were biologically, genetically males. I don't care if you wear a female shirt. Your arms are male. You, you can put high heels on, you can, have, you can wear girls' clothes, but you walk like a man, talk like a man, sound like a man, look like a man. 
even if you have surgery to change things, you still look like a man. Now, I can do one of two things in those situations. I can either treat them with disrespect because of their ignorance and sin, or I can love them and be a witness and not yield to a lie in place of truth. So in other words, what are you saying then, Sean? I'm saying this. If your house is on fire, I need to tell you. That means you pray for healing for the transgender that has a sickness in their body. Can I ask you something? How many righteous people did Jesus heal? Because he hasn't died, he hadn't died yet. There were none. 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 See what the what the what what the enemy wants to do in us and what is going on in our nation and around the world is he's trying to divide everybody up into sections because then he can conquer us all. He wants you to hate this group and then dis- and then he'll disguise that as you're standing on truth. He's good this way. I mean bad, but he's good at it. You understand what I mean? He's been doing this for a long time. There's a a problem, devil. We have the word. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the light of truth, which as we wait on the master, the light lives in us. And we can walk into situations that are very difficult to the world and even to the religious mind and, and just unlock chains. You know, I like to think of it this, I, I, I like to think this way, and this is going to be very preachy, so just bear with me here. It's going to bounce a little bit all over, but it's going to inspire you. It's not going to be line upon line. If you want that, come Wednesday. We're going verse by verse. <laughs> I'll get through one verse, right, Shane? <laughs> We're in Philippians. It's wonderful. But anyway, I like to think of, you know, it's the anointing that destroys the yokes and removes burdens, and I'm like, hoo-ah. You know, it's like, ugh, come on, let's find a yoke and just... But sometimes I think it's really, I have this key Jesus, and I see you in bondage, and I just walk up, and I see where the lock is, and I go, click, and I just take that off, and then, okay, let's get... Doesn't that feel better? I think it's that way, too. Now, I'm not against the whole, I'm totally for Samson and ripping the city gates off the wall. I love that. And people say, oh, that was the Old Testament. That was Jesus. Now, I'm not saying Samson is Jesus. I'm saying in the Old Testament, if you look at those anointings, where did they come from? They're all wrapped up into Jesus, right? Okay. That's a good revelation. But there are times where the Lord kneeled on the ground and and wrote in the dirt and said, where are your accusers? And in the midst of that, she looked around and said, they're they're nowhere. And he said, neither do I. Go and no more. 
Did he deal with truth? Did it come with love? Yeah, it did. That's who he is. He knows how to get down into, come on. I think about my life and I go, whew, the Lord has been so patient with me. Some of the greatest conviction in my life today comes when I'm not patient with others. And the Lord goes, and I go, okay, I need to go, I need to get away and just, the Lord's about to whoop me. (laughs) People say, oh, he'd never do that. Yes, he will. He will discipline me. He's done it many times. And I still need it. And that's all right. Amen. What do I know? I know he loves me. He cares about me enough to realize you're starting a fire. You don't want to start here, Sean. <laughs> Let's put that out. Lord, Lord, this is my fire. This is it. Nope. And he stomps on it. Now you come here. <laughs> he takes me to the side. But what does he do? Truth and love together, right? So even in the midst of this environment that I was working with uh, uh, in Tulsa and working in these different situations, I'll just put it to you like this. When I served tables in Tulsa, because this was another job that I had while I was in Bible school. While Heidi was in Bible school, I was in the call center. You know how much fun it is to get threatened to be killed over the telephone when you're the call center? You know, (laughs) This will tell you how long ago it was. I worked for AOL. You've got mail. Come on, America Online. How many remember that? All right. This was before Google. But I worked at a a restaurant in Tulsa. It was a Tex-Mex restaurant called El Chico. And when I worked there, there, I worked with homosexuals. Guys, (laughs) you're going to love this. Maybe you won't. I was left a phone number by a guy that I served to have me call him to go out sometime. Jeez. I wasn't as sanctified as I am today, so, you know, I did not. I'm just saying, you say, why do you say that? I know, it's weird. In the sense of, it, it, that's not the environment I grew up here in Montana. But guess what's coming? So what are we going to do when that happens? Because you've got to realize this. The Lord looks at them. Mike talked about this in leadership this morning. But a true leader will go and walk, kind of walk in someone else's shoes for a little bit. I'm not saying you have to go into their lifestyle, but you'll take time to understand where they're coming from so that, as he put it this morning, you, you, you can clearly lead them to where they need to be. Does that make sense? So even in the gospel and preaching and sharing the gospel, that's what we have to do. We have to recognize the house is on fire and speak the truth in love, but recognize also that even in the midst of that, you can become, a person can become, that doesn't know the Lord, can become so confused and lost in what they're doing, they don't even know who they are. If you're born biologically as a man and you think you're a woman, there is a high level of confusion going on. And when the society says, if you don't accept me like this, you hate me, but yet God says, if you accept them like that, you hate them. 
which will we choose? And how will we take the time in our own lives to be the proper grace, salt, and light to be able to lead that person, even if they hate me, toward the cross of Christ and what He did? Because God desires it, and it's not enough that the preachers just do it. It is not enough that the preachers just do it. The, 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 the kingdom advancing is not all the preacher's responsibility. It is not. It is all of our responsibility. And people say, well, I don't do what you do. You're right, you don't. It may not be your call. It probably won't be. Most people are not called to do what I do. But that doesn't mean you don't have a call or a mandate or a commission, and not a suggestion. And people say, well, I don't want that call. <laughs> Which one do you want? It's like, this is buffet Jesus, you know what I mean? <laughs> Man, I don't want that, but I want that. That's not how lordship works. He is God. He decides. Amen? I haven't even got to my scripture. If someone's house is on fire, Tony Cook said, I'm not threatening them when I tell them their house is on fire and they need to get out to avoid perishing. I'm telling them the truth. C.H. McIntosh said this, no Christian is in a right condition if he is not seeking in some way to bring souls to Christ. Warren Wearsby put it this way, he said a man once testified in one of D.L. Moody's meetings that he had lived on the Mount of Transfiguration for five years. How many souls did you lead to Christ last year, Moody bluntly asked him. Well, the man hesitated, I don't know. Have you saved any, Moody per persisted. In other words, led them to the Lord. He said, I don't know that I have, the man admitted. Well, said Moody, we don't want that kind of mountaintop experience. When a man gets so high that he cannot reach down and save poor sinners, there's something wrong. People pretend like they fellowship with God in the Spirit and have these amazing experiences, but they hate people. I've heard people say this. I've heard ministers say this, and I understand why they're saying it. But I've heard people say, you know, I just prefer to just be me and the Lord. If you're with the Lord, who did he send to save all the others? If his heart is truly in me, so I'm going to get close to him and, be, and want to be away from people? Woo, it's a, that's a question, isn't it? That's a challenging one. Come on, that's for me too. So I'm getting closer and closer to the Lord and colder and colder toward those who are lost. Might be a false spirit involved. I know, it's a nice soul-winning message, isn't it? <laughs> but if you'll listen, you'll hear the Holy Spirit. You know what stops people from hearing the Lord in these things? Fear. The fear of man. We fear what they'll think of us. We fear that they'll, they'll not accept what we say. Intimidation. We're intimidated. When in all reality, there are so many things that, we have, that are given to us in this life and in this world by the Spirit of God, avenues and ways of fishing that make it so easy. You know, like I think about the snack attack, the food truck. How, how, some, a heart will open to you if you hand them a hot meal. 
They're motivated to listen. What if they don't accept it? That's not our responsibility. It's not my res- I cannot get inside of a person and turn on their believer. You know what I mean by that? All I can do is love them. People say, well, I don't know the Romans road. I don't know this. I don't know that. Well, we'll help you with some of that. But there are things you can do that are outside of even that. Do you have a list of people at your work that are unsaved? And are you praying for them? There's a, I had a Herb grab them. And they're out, uh, I think, at the welcome table. Uh, yep, I'm getting the thumbs up. All right. So they're out at the welcome table. But we have in thousands of church invites. Do you know how hard it is for you to sit at a restaurant, eat a meal... Now, don't leave it if you're not going to tip them. I'm going to say that again. Don't leave it if you're not going to tip them. Because I don't want that taste in their mouth like they're going to come to church after you. You know what I mean? So make sure you, make sure you, you take care of them. Amen? Everybody good with that? All right. So, and all it is is a card that you fold and you just set it there. You don't even have to talk to the person. One of my favorite things, and I've done a lot of different things. I've we have soul winning scripts where you, if, you, if you're the person that wants to walk up to somebody on the street and hand them a soul winning script, or I mean, uh, hand them, we do have tracks, but read a soul winning script to them. In other words, preach the gospel to them right there. We got it for you. Come on, I shared this a, few, a while back. I actually led somebody to the Lord in the Wendy's drive through with the soul winning script. He said, what did you do? I went up to the first door, you know, where you pay, and then the second door, you pick up your food. And I said, has anybody ever told you that God loves you and he's got a wonderful plan for you? The lady sitting there. And she's like, what? <laughs> and so I start preaching to her. I got her hooked now. What's she going to do? I'm the one with the money. <laughs> <laughs> this is my food. And she's like, and, and I get her along. And I said, can I pray for you? She goes, yeah. You know, how many know that's not in their scripts on how they're supposed to treat the customer and how their times, you know? And so she's praying the sinner's prayer with me while on the headset. So her employee, the other employees are hearing it because, you know, they're all tied into that. And so she gets saved. Then I picked up my food and went on. Now, listen, listen, here's the thing. People say, well, I would never do that. You would with the boldness of Jesus. See, what we do is, what, what do we do? We, 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 uh, we picture things that God asks us to do, and we picture ourselves doing them in our ability, and that's the problem. It's not my ability. It's His. It's His ability. I've, I've, guys, we, years ago, we, we were, we had this, this is where we got the soul winning script from, this is where I got it from, was Rodney Howard Brown Ministries. They came, and in 2008, we did like eight, uh, nights, or I can't remember, 12 nights, something like that, of meetings, and we would go out in teams, and I was the youth pastor at the church where, we, where, where he came, and we'd go out in teams and minister to people, and over that time, I think I led 50 people to the Lord, just on the street, and you say, did you ever see them again? I never did, but it did me good for sure, and they'll get to heaven, because they didn't put their faith in me. Come on, I was at the Metra, I mean, at the fairgrounds. And I'm walking in to go to the front, the front there. And uh, again, this, is, this service is just designed to stir you up, okay? Just to get you thinking, get you praying, get you going. I love, I, I walked into the, I was walking into the metro and I, I sat down next to a really older guy. 
And I said, has anybody ever told you that God loves you? And he looked at me, he said, stop. I said, has anybody, and he said, stop. He said, no, no, just go away. You said, what did you do? I went away. I walked up to another guy right after that, and I said, has anybody ever told you that God loves you? Now, there's a group of us that are going. So this is like force, you know what I mean? And we're with college students from the, the Bible school, the Rodney Howard Brown's Bible school out of Florida, and we're with college students, so we're going. So how many of those college students have a little bit of zeal? I mean, they took time out of their life to go to Bible college, so they have some zeal. So they, one guy showed up from Rodney's group with a bullhorn, gets up in the beer garden on the stage and starts preaching. Nobody raised their hand to get saved, but later we prayed for the lady that was serving and we were able to minister to her because she asked. We, we were walking in and, and so I, I told you about the gentleman that said, nope, nope, you know. And I, so I, I, I walked away from him and I went to another man. I just, this is not the leading of the Lord. I'm just going to tell you this. I just was like, bam, bam, I'm just going to do this. I don't care if they tell me no, I don't care. I'm just going to do this because I need to do this because fear is not going to hold me. And so I went to the next guy, and he's like, oh, no, I don't want to. Go talk to them. And he pointed at somebody else. I went and talked to him and led him to the Lord. So the sinner, by the Holy Spirit, <laughs> told me to go talk to them, and I led that person to the Lord. You said, what do you mean led him to the Lord? They prayed the sinner, sinner's prayer right there. Right there and standing in the parking lot. I walked up to one lady, she was very, dressed very nicely, looked like she had money, you know, all that stuff, and she was walking in, to, very well kept, and she was walking in, I said, ma'am, has anybody ever told you that God loves you and he's got a wonderful plan for your life? She said, yes, I am born again, I'm a child of God, and she said, keep doing what you're doing, and we both, I went inside the fair and started leading, and I led two teens to the Lord. I went inside the fair and got rejected multiple times. I mean, no, people don't go to the fair to hear preaching. You know, if you're a fair ride person, you could just find somebody who doesn't have a partner. I mean, where are they going to go? You're in the zipper. You feel like you're going to die anyway. You may think this is hell, but hell's worse than this. And since I got you locked up here, you know where you're going when you're done. Uh, in other words, God cares about this city, and we didn't plant this church to not see the lost saved and discipled. We didn't. The Lord cares so much about the people here. And I know it's easy for us to look out and look at other ministries or other things that are going on and go, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. And that's true. And God's moving through this church all over the world. But the reality is we come across people every day in our lives that we need to be praying for, believe in God for open doors, believe in God for their salvation because hell is real. Eternity is real. And we live in a culture that loves to pretend like it's not going to die. And they are. I don't want to sit in the house secure 
and not get people from the street into the house. Amen? So I want to read something to you. Um, I better read a scripture just to say we did. Matthew 16, 24 says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will what? Lose it. But whoever loses his life will find it for my will find will but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man, and this is the title of the message, what will a man, a person, give in exchange for his soul? In all the good deeds that people have done, the money that they've given to charities, all the things that they suppose that they've done in their lives. You know, you, you guys have heard this. People say, well, I, I just believe my, my good deeds are going to outweigh my bad deeds. You don't understand. It's not a weight system. One sin. God is perfect. His standard is not Ooh, yeah, they do. It's about 50-50 right there. They can live half the time in heaven and half the time in hell. That's not how it works. He, it, and people pretend, guys. They pretend. Like I'm going to stand in front of the maker of everything and start bargaining with him. Like I'm going to stand up before God and go, Lord, let me search through my file of good deeds and I'm going to bargain for my life with this one in comparison to your standard. Nope. One standard. And my only way in is if I kneel at that. Anointing is good on this one, isn't it? I think the Lord cares about the lost. Why don't you stand with me? This is a prophetic word that was given by Mark Dunn in uh, December 12th of 2018 here at the church. Spirit of God through Mark. The Lord said this, He said, you're at a place of crossing over. Once you do, there will be no turning back. The things that sustained you before will not be adequate or necessary anymore. Your sustenance will now come from the fulfilled promise, not from the wilderness wandering anymore. As I fulfill one promise, one word, one dream, I will replace it with greater dreams, greater promises, and greater vision. But also with that will come stronger resistance, greater obstacles, and fiercer battles. I will take you as far as you want to go. I love this. Don't give way to complacency. No, quote, we have arrived attitude. Humility will be your greatest asset and faith your greatest ally. The harvest is great and the fields are ripe move forward with me and I will and I will use you to fill the bins with grain 
Glory to God. Greater vision, quicker harvest, more efficient harvest. Watch this. Less harvest lost. Mark shared a picture that the Lord showed him. He said, the Lord showed me this huge field. There were two farmers in this field. It was a white field, or it was a wheat field. On one end of the field was a farmer with a sickle. And he is harvesting and cutting down the wheat and working up a sweat. On the other end of the field is another farmer. This farmer is sitting in a combine. The Lord said, when I am talking to you about this church, I want you to be the one in the combine. Most of the church is doing, most of the church is doing their part of the harvest, but they are using the sickle. I want you to be the one driving the combine. Both are harvesting, but the combine is harvesting faster. It's quicker. It's more efficient. It's more of a complete harvest, and less of the harvest is lost. So what God is saying is, get in the combine. You use the combine. I want you to be the combine, and if you do it, I will use you to fill the bins with grain. This is Faith Family Church. You are in the combine, and I'm, I'm going to use you to do, uh, to do faster harvest. I'm going to use you to do a more complete harvest. I am going to use you to do a more efficient harvest because the time is short. We don't have a lot of time left. How many know the enemy tried to use coronavirus to shut everything down? And in some states, he's been able to, but thankfully, we're still open. So what are we going to do with it? This is what I want to encourage you with. When you leave today, grab some of those invite cards. Don't take the whole stack. I mean, we have thousands of them. If, if you're really going to hand them out, awesome. Okay, take the whole stack. Herb will get more. But if you're not, if, just take two. If you go out to eat today after service, leave it. You don't even have to talk to the server. I mean, don't be a jerk and then leave the invite. You know what I mean by that? I mean, walk in love. That's part of your witness. And then leave the invite. And go on your way. You're planting a seed. Guys, our website's on there. There's all sorts of stuff. They'll go, they'll search. Even if they don't, even if they throw it away, you did your part. Amen? And this is the second thing I want you to do. Pray. Think, sit down and take a minute and think about all the people in your life who don't know the Lord. Write their name down and start praying for them. You have people all around you that are headed to hell. And the Lord doesn't want them there. And we live in a culture where, where churches teach universalism. Like everybody's getting in. Talk about disrespect for what Jesus did. Humanism. Amen? Let's just lift our hands to the Lord and I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus. And if this stirs your heart, you agree with it. Lord, we desire to be soul winners. To, to even, Lord, even if we're not the ones that plant the seed, we, we want to water it. Lord, if we're not the water, we want to plant it. If we're not the harvester, Lord, that's fine. We just, we're laborers available 
in your field. Lord, we want to water through prayer and plant through sharing and, and seed into people your kingdom. Lord, this, this city and this area, Lord, we need people to see you and to know you. And so, Lord, we say we're your available vessels. Speak through us, Holy Spirit. Live through us. Let us be your hands and feet. Give us boldness to share and to do what we're called to do according to the commission of your word. Lord, we receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we know that on the day of Pentecost, you poured yourself out into this earth and we receive that power to be a witness for you. We resist fear. We reject fear. And Lord, we also reject disappointment from past and the lie of the enemy that we can't move forward. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.